Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Thank God, because now I'm just thinking of hot dogs. What? <laughs> I'm sorry. Hold on. What that the sounds fuck? Like th- <laughs> I spit my tea out into the can <laughs> to see what the fuck. <laughs> hot dogs? What is wrong with you? Meatloaf and lips <laughs> equals hot dogs. Yeah, because, like... Meatloaf, I think ground meat, and then you throw like pig's lips and stop assholes in the hot dogs. Oh, I hate it. Oh, I feel gross now. <laughs> oh, I never have gone from laughing to wanting to vomit at the same time. Welcome to Madam Torch Mystic Emporium and Taboo's podcast. Hope you enjoy the show. beautiful hi beauty how goes it it goes how goes it for you it goes happy february (gasps) february we're here we're in month two of 2021 and i still want this shit returned so i have kept my receipt i'm just waiting to speak to a manager i'm over it i am 50 50 so far we'll see how the rest of it goes that's fair if you End up wanting to return it. You can share your place in line with me to wait to speak to a manager. Speaking of it being February, we have something a little special going on. Do you want to uh, tell our listeners what it is? Dear listeners, welcome to A Little Special. This month, we are celebrating the month of February with our Love is Love series. So this month, we will be talking about all kinds of things that represent love, and that might not mean what you think it does. So here you are. Here we are. Allie told me that this should be my point of the conversation. So welcome to February. Love is love. I'm so excited. I really am, even though I'm not sure how to say this right now. I am stupid excited for this. We have some really great things planned for this month, and I really can't wait to just like knock all your socks off with all the things. So here we are celebrating that. Every time we talked about the theme, I always got the Beatles stuck in my head from it. You have no idea what I'm talking about. Oh my God. Okay. Please, once again, leave your house. Go listen to some Beatles. Come back when you're informed and we can restart this conversation. So should we restart the whole episode then or we can continue right now, but then I should leave my house later and then come back? Like, I'm just confused. Your directions were very misleading. So I just need to understand what my role is right now. I'm I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. 
I, I just don't even understand our friendship right now. So, <laughs> and that would be different than any other day. Why, Allie? I still love you. I love you too. Uh, but yes, welcome to February. Here we are, and I'm stupid excited about getting into today's topic. And we have a very special guest for today's topic, and I'm so fucking excited. I could scream. I'm not going to. Y'all heard me scream way too much last week, and I recognize that I sound like a wild banshee, so I'm real sorry, and I love all of you for being here this week, regardless of my screaming. So I'm not going to, but I am that excited. I'm also super excited for our guest today, whom we have to call to get him on the line, so we're going to go do that quick, and we'll be right back. Hello there, special guest. Hello. Hi. Okay, I said I wouldn't scream, but there I did. There I did it. (laughs) That wasn't screaming, though. That was just That was more like a squeal. Pitching. I mean, it was almost the noise that I make that only dogs can hear, but it was like in my quiet voice. That was a quiet scream. I'm very (laughs) versatile when it comes to screams. You're right. They did not come running. (laughs) That's how in the background. Burr, burr, burr. That's how we know I did it quietly. <laughs> so, dear listeners, we have Tyler on, and Tyler, hello. You are the other half of the half of wait, <laughs> Page Turners and Button Mashers. <laughs> wow, is it your first day? I was trying to think of a way to say nope. I was trying to think of a way to say that differently, but I don't know what happened there. Yes. Hello. Hi, Tyler. <laughs> Who are you? Please tell our listeners. I am Ty. I, as you said, I am the uh, half second of the half. half. Yeah, half of the half of <laughs> Page Turners and Button Mashers. Y'all heard about that podcast last week, but uh, I'm the one who rages at video games and then talks about it. <laughs> I love that. That's your summary of what you do. You guys, <laughs> he does way more than that, and it is hilarious. It's true. And it's, I never claim to be good me at to video be so games. So nostalgic. It's true. Yeah, I, I like bringing the nostalgia and the you know new games. What's uh, new for people? And I also like bringing in that really obscure stuff that like barely anybody's heard about. And it's like you got to play this. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love it. I'm here for it. Like when you did your fable episode, I. Man, I just fucking love that game. That's on my top list of favorite games, so I was like, I miss it so much. It was so good. I, like, hadn't played through the first one at all, and then I was just like, you know what, I'll play through all of them. And Fable 1, it was like, oh, this is, this is, it has potential. Fable 2, great. Fable 3, eh. <laughs> kind of dropped the ball. I, I feel like a lot of games get to that point by the time they get to three, right? Like True. Kingdom True. Hearts 3 totally could have been skipped. Like, it's a movie oh, yeah. that you play through. It, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's really frustrating. But one and two were fucking fire. I concur. Also in my top video games list. So, Ty, would you like to tell our listeners why you're specifically on this episode today? Uh, Well, I am here because... I am bisexual, and I've identified as bisexual for a while, and I'm here to share my experiences and talk about some of the stigmas and terrible things people say about bisexuality. <laughs> I'm so excited! 
That's what we're here for today, dear listeners. To kick off Love is Love Month, we're talking about bisexuality and what that means for those of us that are, which are all three of us currently in this meeting. Bye squad. You guys, <laughs> the three of us are bye, bye, bye. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> yeah, so... I couldn't decide if that or boy bye. <laughs> boy bye. Oh my god. Name. Okay, Tiny says boy bye all the time. I'm <laughs> I'm so good with either one. I really am so good with either one. Boy bye does have a very specific meaning in our house. So I don't know if that's applicable. I like bye bye bye. I do too. That's my vote. And then we can use <laughs> We can use InSync or Backstreet Boys or whatever fucking 90s boy band for our marketing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love this plan. We've decided. So before we dive into it, should we uh, talk about what we're drinking today? Oh, I love that idea. Tyler. Yes. What are you drinking today? I am drinking a twisted tea. <gasps> are you seriously? Yes, it's in a koozie right now, but there it is. Oh, We've got registered weapons right now. <laughs> I legitimately got this for this episode because I was like preparing myself to deal with any of the homophobes that may or may not encroach on this episode that I have a lethal weapon in my hand <laughs> and I will twist it to the fuck out of anybody who has a problem with Hell our yeah. orientation or anybody else's. I'll drink to that. Did you guys also watch that video like 30,000 times? Oh yeah. Easily 30,000 times. What are you drinking? Thank you for asking. I'm not cool. <laughs> Apparently. I didn't get the memo, but my drink is just as delicious. So upon me failing once again to get myself alcohol that I liked last week, Nick picked up new alcohol for me, and it is Movo Wine Spritzers. Oh, I saw those today, and that was going to be my second choice, but then again, I went with the Lethal Weapon because it sounded better for this episode. <laughs> it's like a mini Lethal Weapon can. This is a peach white blend, and the can's adorable. Oh, the can is adorable. Oh, I love that. It's delicious and super refreshing. I love it. She's got the concealed carry <laughs> lethal weapon. <laughs> We're walking around with AKs and she's got the 22 Saturday night special. Pew, pew. I love that it snuck in there somehow. <laughs> I don't know where to put my tea other than in my lap, which is making my vagina really cold. Hate when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> it is the worst. Why is my tea bigger than your tea? Um, because my friend came over, like, a long time ago and brought a 24-pack of these, oh. and then just left them, and he's this, like, yeah, you can keep them. Is this 24 fluid ounces? This is 12. I didn't even so. know they made baby ones. Little baby. <laughs> so yours is also a concealed carry. There, I'll hold it like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> little burp. Little burp. It. Little burp. <laughs> Such a precious little tea. It has my eyes. Oh, a little tea for little Tyler. <laughs> little Tyler tea. Oh, God. A teeny Tyler. Okay. <laughs> no, actually, we just came up with your rap name, Little T. Real. Word yep. up. <laughs> A-Town Down. <laughs> so, should we start this out with some history? Yes. I love history. Do you even history, bro? Dost thou history. If I could remove that, if I could like men in black that from everybody's memories, 
I would. I still regret those words coming out of my mouth. One of my favorite alley lines. It will go down in infamy with your name, I swear. Like, if you die before I do, I will make sure that everyone remembers you as the do you even history bro girl. Oh, good. That's what I want to be known as. I will do that for you because I love you. Goal accomplished. That's your legacy. Great. (laughs) Congrats. Exactly what I was going for. With love. We'll even put a Do You Even History Bro sticker on your headstone. You're so kind. <laughs> That'll be my parting gift to you, baby. So my primary resources on this were Bustle, Wikipedia, Pew Research, PinkNews.com, and ThinkProgress.org. This part, the history part, is primarily from Bustle. Bustle! Love that. I love that word. <laughs> I also love Bustle, and I Bustle. geek out every time she says it, so... Yay, bustle. So this was essentially me trying to find out how exactly bisexuality was reflected back in the day, and these are a few examples of it in different cultures. So in ancient Greece, it was super common for men to have male and female partners, even Zeus had one, but there were lines. The lovers had to be a younger male to an older one, and they had to be freeborn. In ancient Japan, among the samurai, younger boys would be trained by the older samurai, and then it was apparently expected that the two would become lovers, and this would form a lifelong bond and friendship. This actually had a name. It was Shudo. Oh. Shudo. It's interesting to me that there was an actual word for that relationship. I think that's really cool. Yeah, Yeah. I thought so too. I've never heard that before. That's really cool. (laughs) The sexual component was expected to end once the man came of age and sought out a wife. It was a similar situation in some Buddhist monasteries with monks and younger alkalites. Not sure how I feel about the coming of age, like ending. That's when the sexual relationship ended. There is some weirdness there. Yeah. Yeah, I concur. I also feel like, not that this excuses it, but different times. And... I think we've talked about before, at least in our tattoos episode, that people didn't have the same lifespan. So a slight pass, but still a huge, gross, creepy moment for pedophilia. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The word bisexual can be traced as far back as 1824. However, its definition back then was quite different and it was used to describe having both sexes in one being or aka being hermaphroditic. Interesting. Yeah. As in the baby was born with both sets of genitalia? Correct. Okay. Just in case anybody didn't know what hermaphroditic meant. As we currently use it, the word bisexual is traced back to Charles Gilbert Chaddock in his translation of Richard Freiherr von Kraft Ebing's book about sexual pathology, Psychopathia Sexualis. That doesn't mean that the world was open to bisexuality in that time, however. England actually had an anti-sodomy law known as the Buggery Act in various forms until 1861, and consensual homosexual acts weren't made legal in the UK until 1967. Which isn't even that long ago. Yeah. The buggery law or act? I I can't. That's... <laughs> Don't they say, like, bugger all and stuff in the UK? Oh, bugger. Yeah. Oh, bugger. UK listeners, are you out there? I'm sorry if we're completely framing this wrong. <laughs> Insulting. <laughs> First, we assume that your weather is all rain, and now we're assuming that bugger comes from the buggery act. We love you. We're sorry. It might, though. But also, the buggery act just sounds really not good. It's lame. mm, And I just don't like it. It makes my skin crawl like bugs. Oh, fair. I don't like sodomy either. Like, let's just be clear. I don't like that word either. (laughs) Since we're on the topic. Since we're on the topic. 
<laughs> I don't like the word either. Like, I don't know why. It's a gross word. It's a really gross word. There's a lot of gross words. True. But specifically that describe this act, I just, it just is such a bad word. I just, I mm-hmm. hate the word sodomy. Like there's, I can't think of a different way to describe it, but mm, I don't like that word. So meanwhile, over here in America, Thomas Jefferson drafted a law that threatened men guilty of sodomy with castration in 1779. Please note, this was actually his attempt to lessen the penalty of the law, which at the time was death. His draft didn't pass. So your options were if you committed sodomy or just experiencing being with a man as a man, your options were death or get your nuts chopped off? Well, your option at that time was just death, and Thomas Jefferson... Oh, just death. Yeah. Thomas Jefferson was like, how about castration instead? <laughs> how about... But then they were like, no, death no, they sounds gotta better. Now, did this apply to women being with women, too, or was it just men with men? I think it primarily focused on men with men, because from my understanding... I could be completely wrong here. I did not dive into the definition of sodomy, but I believe sodomy specifically mm-hmm. pertains to anal. So I agree okay. with that. I agree with That's that interpretation. Fair. That's fair. That's an interesting question, though, Tyler. But also, I recognize that at that time, being a single woman wasn't really a thing. True. But single women who congregated together, that was a thing, mm-hmm. right? Like the old um, spinsters or whatever they were called at the time. So women spending time with other women wasn't as noticeable as men spending time with other men in that mm-hmm. way. I'm also just going to go with maybe then they were witches. Oh, damn. Ooh. Oh, damn. Shout out to our Sup Witches episode. Oh, look at us. Just, just plugging ourselves on our... Girl, I love to plug myself on our <laughs> show, though. <laughs> I love to plug our show on our go. show. <laughs> is what I meant, but the words came out so fast. The words of Archer, no, phrasing. There was no taking them back. Are we bringing phrasing back? Danger zone. Celeste doesn't watch Archer. Mm-mm. Homosexuality and therefore bisexuality were classified as a mental disorder up until 1973. Treatments ranged from things like medication, electric shock therapy, and hypnosis, all the way to castration. Industries created and profited off machines that would normalize, quote-unquote, those with non-straight sexual tendencies. And then, of course, there's also the horrifying stories of conversion camps. 1973 was also not even that long ago because mm, that's 47 years ago. That's literally my mother. So I don't I don't understand. Like, what the fuck? Same. That's not that much older than me, which makes me feel really old. You're not that old. So, oh, I almost lost my weapon. We're good. <laughs> okay, also, super fuck conversion camps. Super fuck that shit. For anybody who does not know what a conversion camp is, it is literally the modern day version of a concentration camp, but for homos. That's it. That's exactly what it is. Or sometimes it's even people who just think that their child isn't on the right path sexually or what the fuck ever. It is nothing but a fucking religious scam and torture chamber. If you're going to consider sending your child to a conversion camp, I highly fucking recommend that you go first. And if you survive, then send your child. Conversion camps are nothing but fucking nuclear warfare for your psyche. It's garbage. It is literally detrimental to people. 
It is a version of torture. Conversion camps should be considered illegal. I I don't care what your opinion is on them. I really don't. If it's not that they should be illegal, you're fucked and you should go to one. Preach on that. You cannot choose your sexuality. Agreed 100%. But yeah, anybody who thinks that conversion camp is the answer to somebody's sexuality that they're born with, fuck you and... (laughs) that's really my point fuck you ding 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 and i think that's what so many people don't understand is that we're just born this way like we really just are like lady gaga got it right we really just were born this way she's not lying like there's nothing that we are deciding about our sexuality other than to be open and embrace it i didn't decide to be pan i i didn't you didn't decide to be bi we just are this way yep yeah if uh (laughs) You think if I uh, if I could choose my sexuality, I would be attracted to men? Because some men are trash, and like I can't choose not to be. Preach. <laughs> like I'm just saying. Preach, girl. I think we drove that point home pretty good. If you're into conversion camps, please kindly <laughs> see yourself out from our podcast. And please go fuck yourself. Real. Along with the racists. Yeah. <laughs> fuck racism. Racist homophobes and conversion camp members, go fuck yourselves. Right. You're all going to hell together. This next part's really interesting to me. Sigmund Freud actually put forth the thought that because based on his knowledge of human babies being hermaphroditic in the womb, bisexuality was innate as a result of having been both sexes at one point. To him, the lines of sexuality were very gray. Hmm. I think that that's fascinating to think about. And honestly, right, wrong, or indifferent, I really think that that's super fascinating, and I am a huge Freud fan, right? Like, cheers to soft sciences, that's my shit. But really to think about the fact that anyone could be this way because at one point in our lives we were neither boy or girl, that is super, super interesting to me. Yeah, I thought it was definitely a super interesting theory, and I'd I wonder if it can be looked into further. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it's gotten somewhere since then, but who knows? Oh, I was going to say they need to look into it more. (laughs) Yeah, and I I was going to say I would be curious if, again, as a really big fan of Freud, I would be curious if one of the reasons that I've never heard of that was because, like, I've never heard of that theory being his theory is because it was such an unpopular opinion. I don't have the answer to that question. I'm sorry. I mean, really, think about think about Freud's other theories. Like, they're not amazing to think about a baby being obsessed with their butt being touched, but it doesn't mean that he didn't say the words. And yet, I personally think that this theory holds more weight than babies having an oral fixation theory. Like, I, I really, this makes mm-hmm. more sense to me than some of Freud's other theories that are still applicable and yet are just a tad fucked up. <laughs> this one isn't fucked up and makes sense and yet this isn't the theory that anybody ran with the dude had a huge fascination with his mother so yeah i'd say a little fucked up that's real but that's so real real. on a random side note though young freud kind of (laughs) fine yeah really (laughs) yeah you should check out a picture i need to look now oh my god you guys look look at this beefcake beefcake look at that fuck okay freud get it right that beard i am never gonna use the word beefcake in my life ever thank (laughs) you very much jesus christ he's got a nice mustache (laughs) i do agree with tyler that mustache though yeah i would ride those handlebars 
Nope. <laughs> and we're done. This podcast is now over. Lordy, Lord, this is a house of sin. <laughs> we've just come full circle. I don't even know what the circle is, but we've just got there. Oh. I'm trying so hard not to cry right now. <laughs> I'm already there. <laughs> Ooh, I can't get I'm over already... the beefcake thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know why. Okay. Why is that even a term? I'm seriously disturbed by this. A beefcake. He's a beefcake. <laughs> but, like, you know nobody else is bothered by this visual. Beefcake. I think of a meatloaf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And that's our telepathy. Meatloaf, if you think about it, is a beefcake. But you're literally so calling... Hot! You're calling attractive people meatloafs. Meatloaf is one of the best dishes out there, though. I thought you were about to call Meatloaf the singer attractive. I don't know who that I'm is. I'm just over here fucking dying. Do I, I feel like I do know who that is, but... Paradise by the Dashboard Lights. Okay, yep. I'm not going to sing it. Sorry. You're you fine. You don't want to hear me sing anything. Same. Um, in Fight Club, he is Robert Paulson. Okay. Now, if you ever call anybody a beefcake, I'm just going to be like... Meatloaf. Call him fucking meatloaf. Oh, man, that man's the meatloaf. Sounded like uh, the creepy old guy on Family Guy. Oh, oh what's his yeah. name? Mort. No, that's on Bob's Burgers. Wait, what? I said Mort. I said Mort, oh. but that's not the right character. Gilbert. I'm just shouting out old man names. Harry. Like. <laughs> Fuck my life. Oh my god, I need to know. <laughs> it's Herbert. <laughs> so Her- Herbert the pervert from Family Guy. That's so cool. Hey there, Stewie. I can't do his whistle that he does in the... Like where he's missing his teeth. Yeah. Stewie. There we go. Hey there, paper boy. <laughs> so next coming to the picture was Alfred Kinsey. In 1948, he created the Kinsey scale, which was a spectrum depicting human sexual behavior. On the scale, zero was completely heterosexual and six was completely homosexual. The gray area in the middle, ranging from two to four, gave bisexuality a way of self-defining. I like it. I think that that is fascinating. I think that having a spectrum of sexuality is not only accurate, but necessary. And I don't understand why that's not a scientific practice. Like, I really don't. I think it might still be used today, but I'm not 100% certain. And I think it's really interesting. I, I go back to, like, how necessary, right? Because I think about where I personally fall on that spectrum, And obviously I land in the middle, right? Because that's why we're here. But I also think about other people who are extremely hetero. Like, for example, who comes to my mind is Jordan, right? Jordan has admitted to us the only man he finds attractive is Josh. And that's sort of a ha-ha joke. But at the same time, they have established a relationship and a connection that would actually make me question if Jordan was maybe like a one, 
right? Which is still very, very hetero. And yet he has defined that he is able to emotionally connect to another man. I just think that that perspective is so important to recognize that you could be hetero, right? You could be on a zero or a one, but it doesn't mean that you can't find the beauty and appreciate good qualities of the same sex. Agreed. And this kind of ties into the whole thing with Freud as well, because to Freud and to Kinsey as well, they both saw that we have male and female characteristics, so male and feminine characteristics. Masculine and feminine characteristics. Thank you. I couldn't think of that word. Both masculine and feminine characteristics. And it was more fluid than just, here's masculinity, here's femininity, and women are over here and men are over Mm -hmm. here. Those traits can intertwine quite often. So Kinsey came up with this scale and found that it correlates to sexuality in certain areas. Here's what I also think about, and if you're going to get into this at some point, stop me. But I really think about in our Basement Flooded episode, when we talked about how girls are allowed to exercise the muscle of emotion, right? Girls are allowed to explore that, and boys are told, no, don't. I'm really curious also how this scale could be applied to society and to sexuality in that concept of I'm going to I'm going to stop that thought for one second. Do you guys feel like it's more socially acceptable for a woman to come out than it is for a man? Yes. Yeah. 100%. So that's kind of where I'm coming from with this thought of on that spectrum, is it that society allows and understands women to explore that entire spectrum from masculinity to femininity whereas men aren't allowed to explore that and really find where they land? On the spectrum. So it's possible that a super hetero man might have really landed in like the two category if he were allowed to explore that from a society perspective. I just really think that that's an interesting thing. And I also recognize that society has predetermined the limits in which people can explore their sexuality. And I recognize that that's changing. But like we just said, it's really changing for women much faster than it's changing for men. Yeah, well, I think, and Tyler, obviously, if my opinion on this is completely wrong, please, like, throw a book at me. But in my opinion, in society's mind and in Hollywood's mind, bisexuality and lesbianism is sexy or can be sold as such, whereas homosexuality, not so much. Yeah, um, I've, you know, I've actually been told a theory about this is the reason why same-sex couples with women is so, like, either attractive or accepted is because one woman's supposedly taking the masculine role of being, you know, the one in power, but when there's two men being together, it's uh, one's, you know, a guy's being... Feminine. Taking the more feminine and being, you know, submissive and all that, and it's like, oh, that's wrong, men can't do that, no, 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 and it's like... What the fuck? I've never heard that perspective, but you saying it, I recognize Mm -hmm. this perspective. I've just never heard it put in words before, but I think that's really, really important to recognize that, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're in a same-sex relationship or not. You could have two very feminine characters. You could have two very masculine characters. There doesn't have to be a dom and a sub. That's not necessarily how it works. Very true. And even if there is, who gives a fuck? Yeah, agreed. And yeah, I think that point, Tyler, is an extremely valid one. And one that I had never 
truly given thought to. So I'm really appreciative that you verbalized it because it kind of blew my mind. And not kind of, it blew my mind. So Agreed. Completely. I'm bowing to you without bowing because I would bump all this shit. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. <laughs> so moving on to a little bit more present day, but not really. I don't know when that other year was. Anyways, in the 1960s, bisexual activists... <laughs> Once again, we're just a shit show. That's our time machine. <laughs> Bisexual activists were prominent parts of the LGBT movement from the Stonewall Riots to the first Gay Pride March. In 1966, bi activist Donnie the Punk formed the first on-campus LGBT group and bisexual Brenda Howard had a huge role in helping create the first Gay Pride March in 1969. Shout out to 1969! (laughs) (laughs) What a year. By 1974, being bi was considered in and trendy and Time Magazine and Newsweek ran stories on Bisexual Chic, which talked about androgynous celebs like Bowie and Elton John and the popularity of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I've only seen Rocky Horror Picture Show one time and it legitimately gave me nightmares. Not even because it's scary, but because the graphics are just so fucking bad and horrifying and there's a lot of lips and it just, it's unsettling. A lot of lips. What a phrase. I literally, <laughs> why is this episode full of so many bad images to me? <laughs> Beefcakes. Beefcakes and bad Beef lips. Beefcakes and a lot, a lot of lips. lips. And lips. Yep. <laughs> if we didn't already have a title for this, we would be calling this episode Meatloaf and Lips. <laughs> <laughs> but good thing we have it named. That might be the tea talking. The next section, which I'm super proud of this title on, is Stigmas and Statistics. Oh boy. You love statistics. I do. I don't love stigmas. I have a list of super fun sayings, both that I've heard and read. Feel free to chime in with yours. It's a phase. You're confused. It's in. You're just slutty. You're doing it for attention. It doesn't matter soon you're married now. Bites can't be monogamous and are bound to cheat. It doesn't matter because bias can choose to be with the opposite sex. So I've been out a lot shorter than both of you. So I have two of those on that list and I have one that I have personally experienced that wasn't on the list. However, Tyler, Mm -hmm. I saw you holding up fingers as... Seven of them. Seven. (laughs) Say more things. All right. Yeah. uh, So I've officially been out since... Well, the first time. I've I've come out twice. Uh... (laughs) Uh, I've officially been out since 2016, roughly. I think it was like in April of 2016. That was a hell of a year to come out. Why did you come out twice, Tyler? I know. Um, I came out twice. Well, the first time, there's a whole long story that had to do with previous best friends, uh, three of them. I came out to them. I trusted them a lot. And I was like, hey, don't tell anybody. And uh, they, of course, told told everybody. everybody. Yeah. Like, I heard from a friend that, like, her ex was like, hey, I hear you're into Tyler. Watch out, Heath by now. You didn't hear it from me. And I'm like, nice. <laughs> Way to go. Most people suck. Like, Clearly heard it yeah. from you, bro. Yeah. And I was just like, the only person that talks to him is Joe, calling him out by name. 
Fucking Joe, we're coming for you, yeah. bitch. Fuck you, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> I have a twisted T in my hand. Don't you fuck with me, Joe. <laughs> but I came out to them, and they all kind of teamed up. And it's a long story. If anybody's interested, you can, like, actually come to me, and I can tell you the whole story. But uh, I ended up having to quit my job because I worked with one of them, Bryce, and, you know, he was the ringleader, I'm going to call him. And I had to tell my mom why I was quitting this job. And I was just like, I came out as bi. They, you know, fucking picked on me for it. And, you know, they attacked me, really, verbally. And, you know, at one point my mom told me, like, we were driving. And she said, you know, you were bullied in high school for being gay. I'm, I'm not gay. I wasn't gay. I didn't think that. It's just a lot of people were like, he's emotional. Huh. But... <laughs> Uh, she's like, I think you missed that attention, so I think you coming out as bi was just to get that attention, and it's more of just a phase, which, obviously, it's not, because I'm, I'm bi. Fast forward, <laughs> and here we are. Yeah. Welcome to this episode. But, <laughs> and, uh, then I came out again, because there was a whole family discussion we needed to, you know, really dial it in as a family, and my mom was like, throw everything on the table, and I was like, I'm still bi. So my phase really... is still happening. <laughs> yeah, my phase is permanent. Is not yeah, it's a permanent phase. It's a lifestyle, mom. <laughs> kind of like my emo shit, but <laughs> but besides the whole phase and doing it for attention, uh, I've been told from people who I've been, you know, back when I was dating, that they couldn't date me because they feel like they're I'm going to cheat on them with a guy, which was weird in and of itself and it's like oh you're gonna cheat on me because you're bi and it's not like i i don't know what the correlation was but (laughs) that pisses me off so much because i really struggle i really struggle on so many levels with that but i want to start with just first being as a woman Mm -hmm. if my partner were to cheat on me that's wrong okay that's that's wrong Mm -hmm. let's acknowledge that but I would personally rather my partner cheat on me with someone of the same sex. And I say that because I know what I come with. I know what I am capable of. And I know it's top notch. I like to tell myself that there's not another woman who's as good at what I do as what I do, right? If you're going to go cheat, go do it with a guy. Like, don't cheat. I'm not, I'm not encouraging yeah. that. But really, like, that wouldn't be a concern of mine. For that reason, if if I can't give you that and that's what you want, then yes, you should be able to go look for that. But I wouldn't think about it in a cheating perspective, which leads me to point two. Being bisexual or anything other than hetero does not equate to polyamorous. Thank you. They're not synonymous. Thank you. They're not Thank you. fucking <laughs> synonymous. They're not mutually exclusive. You could be polyamorous and be bi or... You could be polyamorous and be straight as a fucking arrow on fire. They are not mutually exclusive. So if you have not known that until this moment, welcome to your wake-up call. If you still don't understand, either rewind or politely go fuck yourself. I'm just going to bounce off of that because I think a lot of people think that people who are bi are more willing to have threesomes and are therefore poly, and obviously that's not the case. Mm-hmm. I'd say most bi people are monogamous. I would agree with that. I'm one of those. I am one of those that's very monogamous. (laughs) And so this brings me to point three. My coming out comment 
that was not on the list before actually was from a dude on Tinder. I recently started dipping my toes into the dating pool. I have no interest. I really don't give a fuck, but I'm just curious. And honestly, Tinder's a fantastic way to freely promote our podcast because if somebody's interested in me, I'm like, go check out my podcast and tell me what you think. And then we get free listens. So there, my Tinder game is up. You're welcome to borrow it if you need to. I might. (laughs) But besides that, There was a a dude who had messaged me on Tinder and he was like, oh, I see your profile says that you're bi. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, have you only ever dated men or have you dated women? And I was like, honestly, I only just came out a couple weeks ago. And his response, I'm taking a dramatic effect pause for a reason. His response was, oh, cool. How did you celebrate? A threesome? So, dear Ben... Go fuck yourself. Also, wrong. Just wrong. Okay? Bisexual does not mean that we are out here trying to fuck everything that walks. Bisexual, homosexual, or lesbian does not mean just because I'm attracted to a certain sex, I am attracted to you. What if I'm not? That's an option. Yes. Oh my god. I, I kind of want to bounce off of that. Bounce, because, baby. Uh, yeah, bounce. Uh, <laughs> one of the main reasons that I personally think, and it really showed, uh, you know, with Bryce and why he uh, kind of came for me with being like, oh, you're, you're into men, is I really do believe that he thought that since I came out as bi that I'd be into him, but I wasn't and I'm not. And then he, he was offended my... when you weren't. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's like just because I'm into both men and women or you know however you define by like it doesn't mean i'm into you get right? over yeah. yourself you're not that great of a person <laughs> you're not that hot either bryce just because i'm into both men and women doesn't mean i'm into all men and women yes that and that i honestly that concept that perception i don't know where that comes from i really don't i've never understood it but the number of times that i have had hetero men tell me that they're uncomfortable being around gay men is because they're worried that they're gonna like i don't know rape them or hit on them or what the fuck ever and every time i look at them and i'm like you're like a fucking three calm down i don't know a single queen who would be interested in you so just sit you're afraid that a gay man is going to treat you how you treat women. That's yeah. like preach, 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 yeah, preach, preach. I'm just oh saying. Oh my god, preach. <laughs> also, like if you get hit on by somebody of the same sex and you're not into it, be like, not into it. Thank you. But thank you for the compliment. Like, <laughs> but damn, I got options. Like, <laughs> right? Like, what an ego boost to know that everybody wants me, even though I don't want everybody else. Like, that's fucking awesome. But also, don't assume that. Take the compliment if you get it. But I promise you, there are people who are homosexual and they're not looking at you. So just take a chill pill. Mm-hmm. So looping back to the cheating part, just for a quick second, because I had a thought there. I think one of the issues that people that aren't I don't understand is that they think that there's some need to be fulfilled when you're in a relationship with one sex or the other that is dependent on the sex that you're not in the relationship with where that's not the case like I am married to Nick I'm not out there looking for a female to be with because I have some missing component in my life doesn't mean I'm not still attracted to females doesn't mean something turned off in me it just means I'm fulfilled with the relationship that I'm in 
And I feel like people don't understand that. And I don't understand why, but I think that's part of the fear. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate that you brought that point up. I really do. I also think about that same concept. Those same people who are looking at you like, oh, okay, well, you're with a man. You must be not bi anymore. Or you're clearly still looking for something and you're not fulfilled. Either end of that spectrum fits with this theory, okay? I really struggle with the fact that people can't move beyond the fact that sexuality and attraction has nothing to do with emotional connection in finding a partner. And let me let me just say that in a very clear way. I can be sexually attracted to someone and have zero emotional compatibility with them. Shout out to every boyfriend I've ever had. You're all beautiful and yet clearly we didn't fucking work. Emotionally, they just weren't fulfilling, right? That could be the same case with a woman. It could have been the opposite case with either party. Like really, there's a difference between who we choose to be with emotionally with a sexual component and who is purely there fulfilling a sexual need. Like those things are so different. They're not the same. And I think too many people don't recognize that. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. I had zero fulfilling relationships with women, like together relationships with women because (laughs) women are hard to be with, you guys. I don't know how anybody also, does it. Because even though you don't believe in fate, you and Nick were meant to be together because you're the most perfect couple I've ever seen. And I'm super jealous. And shout out to Nick for being amazing. He is amazing. <laughs> fate had nothing to do with it. It had everything to do with it. So this next section is taken directly from pinknews.com. New data from the biannual general social survey found that over 3% of Americans identified as bisexual in 2018 compared to about 1% in 2008. Can can we acknowledge that this was a biannual study? Ba-da-bum. This is not dad's on Dayquil. Shut up! Oh, damn. <laughs> this would mean that there's a population of almost 10 million bisexual people across the U.S. Analysts found that the increase is led by women, 6% of whom labeled themselves as bisexual. 10 million, gang. Shout out. That's fantastic. I love that number. Okay. I'm sure that there are more people who identify, but they're not in a place to come out and that's okay i do think it's interesting though that those numbers like you said were led by women i'm again confident that the out community has a real number of men in it but i think that speaks directly to what we were talking about before where from a societal perspective it is more acceptable for women to come out than men dear men it's okay to come out like come join us we would love to have you yeah join the bi squad bye pod it's fun on this side. Do what I did, and when you come out, dye your hair blue. <laughs> yes. I did. Yeah, that was a phase. <laughs> the hair was a phase. Hey, I have teal hair right now. I have green hair right now. I had mermaid hair. Yes! Yes. <laughs> Studies suggest that 40 to 50% of the LGBTQ plus community is bi. Really? Oh, damn. That is a huge yeah. percentage of that community like seriously a huge percentage of that community yeah agreed yeah even though it's the largest or you know a huge number it is still like the most criticized from both sides of you know straight gay like it is Ooh. <laughs> agreed 100 percent. 
it's not gay enough to be gay and it's not straight enough to be straight. Oh, I've heard that. It's, yep. But and it, hurts. it hurts. It hurts. And I like that's what people say, though. That's what people think about when they hear the terminology of bi and why we receive so much shit for it. But seriously, the numbers reflect. Yeah, it is valid. Being bi is valid. Remember that. <laughs> we are real. <laughs> We're real. <laughs> I haven't been kidding myself for 34 years. Trust me. <laughs> Can I tell you guys that it's officially been like two months since I came out and I really thought that the world would implode when I came out and like one person gave a fuck in a negative way. I mean that mm -hmm. like one person was like, we can't associate anymore. And I was like, okay, bye. Like, all right, cool. I didn't even really know your the name. The trash let itself I'm out. I'm serious. Yep. <laughs> but, like, that's such a real stigma, too, especially in mm -hmm. identifying as bi coming out because of that theory that people have of it's a phase or you're not gay enough to be gay, but you're not straight enough to be straight. So you clearly are just confused. Like, I really thought that there was going to be, like, explosive backlash and everybody that I have encountered has been fantastically supportive. I know that's not everybody's yeah. story, but I'm offering that in comfort for anybody who's considering coming out, no matter what that means to you. The world is obviously still turning. We are in 2021 now. So me coming out did not affect the cycle of the universe. Mm -hmm. Would now be an okay time to bring up what somebody has said to me about bisexuality or should I wait? No, let's do Get it. it. Okay. Recently, and I want to say in the like the past six months, I was catching up with a guy I went to college with and he asked me, uh, what's, what's your sexuality? And I said, I'm bisexual. And he said, I could never identify as that because that alienates a whole group of people. What? What does that even I, mean? I don't fucking know. Alienates <laughs> what he, group of people? I don't know. He didn't explain. And I'm just sitting here like, but I identify as bisexual. What the fuck do you mean? Why are you criticizing me for my, like, how I am? <laughs> you asked for my answer and then got mad about it and made an illogical yeah. argument. Good job, Joe. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't Joe. <laughs> Who are these people? You need to be around better people. Also, that blows my mind considering where you live currently. It really does. Yeah. How dare you alienate these people that he can't tell you who they are? <laughs> How yeah. dare you alienate 50% like, of the LGBTQ community? I think he was trying to reference like trans individuals and non-binary individuals and gender fluid and, you know, every part of the spectrums of every spectrum. And I'm sitting there like, I'm not alienating them. I am bisexual and the... Yeah, the more, like, oonga-boonga <laughs> description of bisexuality is men and women, but, like, the updated current version is attracted to more than one gender, so... Yeah. So I'm not alienating anybody with my sexuality. Don't be mad at me. Can, can I ask, what, what did he tell you his sexuality? He just said, I don't know if I could ever identify as bisexual, but, you know, I'm attracted to everybody. And I'm like, so what do you identify as? And I don't know. Okay, so as someone who is very genuinely flirting with the idea of being pansexual, I am, right? Like, I currently mm -hmm. identify as bi because I know for sure I am bi, but mm -hmm. I I'm exploring my sexuality to the point where it could include pansexual. I'm not ashamed of mm -hmm. that. And yet, as someone who is admitting I struggle with that, I would never be able to say to someone who has come out to me personally, saying, yes, this is my sexuality, this is what I identify as, to say, oh, I couldn't do that, I couldn't be that. What? First of all, not the question. Second of all, yeah. didn't ask you. Third of all, again, so illogical. That argument just doesn't make sense. 
because just like a straight man is only attracted to women and a straight woman is only attracted to men, a bi person is attracted to someone of different genders, multiple someones. It's that Mm -hmm. easy. It is that easy. Carry on. I just wanted to piggyback off of your positive experience really quick too, Celeste. So one of those instances that I used in the beginning of this section was directly from me and I talked about it from our growing up gay in the Midwest episode. But when I worked in retail, Nick and I were married and someone told me that because I was married, I was no longer bi. And Nick actually said, that is 100% not true. So I encourage anyone out there that is questioning coming out, please just think about it. And if you need support in that decision, our inboxes are open. We're just here to listen. Yeah, mine too. Just saying. I've, I've been through it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry. I just wanted to point out that support comes from the best places. The people mm-hmm. that are supposed to be there to support you are there to support you. I don't want you to say sorry to that statement because I think that's really important, especially coming from someone who is bi who ended up with a partner of an opposite sex. And the reason I say that so specifically is, yes, Nick is amazing. Okay. We all know, everybody knows how I feel about Nick and how much I love Nick. Okay. I super love Nick. He's amazing. He's my best friend also. But I think it's super important to recognize, even if it weren't Nick, your husband recognizes who you are and your sexuality is included in that and he respects that and understands that's just part of who you are not only is he not trying to change you he defends you if somebody makes an asinine fucking comment or belittles your experience or whatever and also he's never shunned you away from who you are and what you feel. And for anybody who is in the LGBTQ plus community or anybody who's considering coming out, those people, like Allie's example of Nick, those are the people you need to surround yourself with who respect exactly who you are and exactly what you are, no matter what. If they don't, if you're married to a dude who's like, uh, yeah, she's done being bi now because we're married, leave that fucking piece of trash now because he's not who you should be with. If somebody can't accept you exactly the way that you are, they either need to grow or you need to move on. I concur with that thought 100%. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to loop us back in from that tangent, back to the statistics here, because there are still some. Tangents and statistics. Welcome to Taboos. <laughs> very accurate, actually. I know. I was like, that very clearly yeah. represents both sides of Taboos. So <laughs> It does. It does. <laughs> so welcome. We're so happy to have you. If this is your first episode, now you know what to expect with the rest of them. Go listen to all of them. <laughs> also, we're, we're a podcast that talks about taboo topics. Hello. Hi, we didn't do that at the beginning. So if you've made it this far, now you know what we do. (laughs) With foul mouths and drinks in hand, we've killed this intro. I love it. From PewResearch.org, according to 2013 research by the University of Pittsburgh, 15% of people did not categorize bisexuality as a legitimate sexuality, with straight men being three times as likely to think it's not a thing. That's surprising to no one. I was surprised that the amount... Of people that thought it wasn't real was that high, but also, I guess, not surprised. I don't know. I think the part that I was speaking to was that the fact that straight men are the driving force behind the theory that bisexuality is not real, that's not surprising to me in the slightest. That's what I was talking about. Yeah, I get what you're saying.
survey, women were more likely to report bisexuality and were three times as likely as men to report changes in their sexuality between ages 22 and 28, the early adult years often associated with sexual exploration. Women were more likely to have some fluidity when self-identifying rather than stating that they're 100% heterosexual or 100% homosexual. So that was part of my thought before in that women being allowed to exercise that muscle differently and obviously I don't mean sexuality being a muscle so get your head out of the gutter but I I mean truly like women being allowed to explore that and experience that in a much more judgment-free zone than men so I really question how valid the male percentages are because I guarantee you that there are men who are so deep in the closet because they're just so terrified of coming out because society will ridicule them. And that's wrong. Agreed. Yeah, 100%. Only 19% of those who identify as bisexual say all or most of the important people in their lives are aware of their sexual orientation. In contrast, 75% of gay and lesbian adults say the same. About one quarter of bisexual adults are not out to any of the important people in their lives compared with 4% of gay and lesbian adults. Roughly half of those who are bisexual are out to some or only a few people. So let me reiterate those because that was a lot of numbers. And you know how I feel about numbers. (laughs) You love them. So 19% of those who identify as bisexual say that all or most of the important people in their lives are aware that they are bisexual. In contrast, 75% of gay and lesbian adults are out to those same people. And I would be curious if that is because of exactly what we've been talking about this whole time in the fact that people genuinely think that being bisexual is a form of exploration rather than firmly landing in saying this is what I'm attracted to. So one of the things that was said, or rather many bisexuals say that they haven't come out to their parents because they didn't feel it was important enough to tell them or the subject never came up. I honestly feel like that's deflection. But that's just me. It is deflection. No, no, Mm -hmm. it is. It is deflection. Mm -hmm. I'm not belittling that feeling. I don't know these people. I don't know their experiences, obviously. And my heart breaks for them if that is their experience. And yet, subconsciously, 1 billion percent deflection. If it didn't matter, truly, if their thought was it doesn't matter, then they'd just come out. Just like me saying my favorite color is fucking purple. Like... It doesn't matter what you think about my favorite color, so I'm comfortable telling you that. If my sexuality didn't matter to you, there would be no hesitation in me telling you that either. So there would be no reason to hide it unless there's a reason to hide it. Yeah, um, I agree with that. Uh, For, like, my personal experience and the experience that I've heard from other people is the reason they haven't come out is because they're afraid to come out and, you know, get criticized and, you know, they think, oh, maybe... It's not right, and it's it's never really been, at least for me, that, oh, it's not important. I don't need to tell people this. I am very happy to tell people that I'm bi. Because <laughs> it's something we should be proud of. Yeah, 100%. Roughly 4 in 10 adults who describe themselves as bisexual say they are sexually attracted to men and women equally. A similar share... say they are attracted mostly to the opposite gender, and 4% report feeling attracted only to the opposite gender, while 12% and 1% respectively say they are attracted mostly or only to their own gender. Once again, I'll reiterate. So 4 in 10 bisexuals say they are attracted to both sexes equally, 
Similarly, 40% say they are mostly attracted to the opposite gender. 4% say they are attracted only to the opposite gender. 12% and 1% say they are attracted to mostly or only their own gender. Can I ask you guys, mm. I'm, I'm really asking you guys right now on our very public podcast, what what are your preferences? Like, where do you lie? Like, I can clearly identify my type both in men and in women but where do you guys fall i'm curious tyler let's start with you okay cool well it really depends on the situation for me uh back when i was single and i was just looking for like simple companionship like you know just to you know get out there introduce myself to more people and you know maybe have some fun casual dating yeah (laughs) totally yeah casual dating that's you know better way of saying it than i did (laughs) but we love you and you're beautiful Thanks. But, oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, when I was casually dating, it was, I was looking at, you know, multiple genders, you know, men, women, whatever. But when I was looking for a more romantic lifetime partner, it was leaning more towards women or female presenting uh, individuals. So that's where I stand personally. Can I ask also, because this is where my brain goes, what are, what are your types? Like, both for men and women do you have multiple types for one gender over the other or not really or yes or like i i'm just curious and i would like to explore that with you guys fair enough uh yeah i've you know i've got very particular types uh for both genders i didn't really fully understand what my type was until i met nikki shout out to uh, nikki and yeah shout out to nikki i love you uh, <laughs> and um yeah it's you know she's kind of my you know gothic queen that's like my type of woman and she fits that perfectly she's you know heavily tatted she's fucking strong as hell and beautiful at the same time and she kicks ass and that's what i'm into in women and for men it's you know a bit of a darker skin tone abs is huge <laughs> for me and uh you know kind of more physically fit uh and i <laughs> so tyler likes <laughs> tall dark and handsome yes i do <laughs> <laughs> we got this baby uh, not... do you have a height limit height requirement am i the only um, one with a height requirement here i actually dated i have dated one guy and he was shorter than me but he was very buff uh <laughs> but i do not have a height requirement but my first male crush was taller than me, so... And that's a whole story in itself, because <laughs> that was when I first realized I was interested in men. I would love to hear that story sometime. I really would. Oh, yeah, that's a story. <laughs> Allie, tell us about your types. I am attracted to women more than I am men as far as sexuality goes. Or I should say I find more women attractive than I do men. It's probably about 60-40. Okay. As far as that goes. But I think it's because I find more types of women attractive. I have a very specific type for men, but not so much for women. I'm very fluid for women. I have the exact same experience. I have one type of dude. Okay, that's a lie. I have two types of dudes that I'm attracted to, all being over 6'2". I just, we all know that I'm shallow as fuck like that, so let's just say that. You need to be 6'2 to ride this ride. You must be 6'2 to ride this ride as a man. (laughs) Okay. Uh, For women, though, I can identify that I'm attracted to, like, seven different types of women. 
And that's not to say that I'm attracted to all types of women because there are more than seven types of women. But truly, when I look at different types of women, I find different things about them very attractive. I'm not ashamed of that. And that's okay. And it's, I mean... That's how I came to this conclusion. And I've, I haven't really explored that in conversation with anybody. So I was really curious and I love this safe space that we've created both as friends and as podcasters to have that conversation and really say like, hi, my name is Celeste and I'm attracted to two types of men and seven types of women. That, that's me. That's who I am. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And I think it's funny because for instance, like alt girls... I love alt girls, but then I can turn around and be like, Jillian Anderson is fucking stunning. Now I need to know who that is. Scully from X Files. Oh, oh, fuck yes. Okay. Yes. I understand. I understand. Ooh. And I don't have that kind of range for men. Like, men, I have a very specific image I'm attracted to for men. I agree completely. I'm the same exact way. Must have facial hair. That's not a must, but it is preferred. So, moving on to the next statistic. Statistics! Among people with partners, many more bisexual adults are married or in a relationship with someone of the opposite sex than are with someone of the same sex. 88% say this. Holy fuck! Yeah. This is likely due, at least in part, to the fact that LGB adults make up a small share of the overall adult population, So the pool of potential same-sex partners is much smaller than the pool of opposite-sex partners. So really, did you just tell us that people in the bi community feel as though there are not enough people in the bi community to be married to? Is that what you just told us, statistically? One of the assumptions by Pew Research is that there's the LGBTQ plus community is so small that there's not enough fish in the sea. Got it. Okay. So, yeah. I genuinely was confused, which is why I ask. So thank you for reiterating that for me. The 2013 survey also found that LGBT adults said that bisexual men faced less social acceptance than bisexual women, gay men, and lesbians. I thought that was super interesting. There's more to this, but I just wanted to stop there for half a second. Shout out to my point this entire fucking episode. But like, it points out that... They face less social acceptance than bisexual women, gay men, and lesbians. So all three groups, bisexual men face less acceptance than all three of those groups. But that's kind of what I was saying before. And this isn't my philosophy. I don't stand by this. But society takes the position, especially for men, that you're not gay enough to be gay, but you're not straight enough to be straight. And that... I genuinely believe is why men in the bi community feel that way and have those numbers because society makes it so clear that men are not allowed to have options. Yeah, very true. Just 8% of LGBT adults felt that there was a lot of social acceptance of bisexual men, while 46% said there was only a little or no social acceptance for this group. Among bisexuals, 40% reported in 2013 that they had ever been subject to slurs or jokes, and 31% said they had been rejected by a friend or family member because they were bisexual. I'm sorry, could you just reiterate, was that specifically about men or anybody in the LGBT community? That last part was any bisexual. So that last part was pertaining to any bisexuals. I just missed that connection. So... I'm sorry. No, you're totally fine. It was all in one big paragraph. Tyler, your comment earlier about getting, I'm just going to use the word flack from both sides because I can't think of better Mm -hmm. terminology for this. 
This is a direct quote that ties into that. This is from thinkprogress.org and it's an article by Beth Shrews. Terms like bi-eraser and biophobia aren't just buzzwords from a whiny fringe of the LGBT community. They describe the everyday existence of half of the LGBT community that is when bi plus people are allowed to assert our existence at all. Bi plus people deserve and have more than earned representation, visibility, survival, acceptance, inclusion, and the ability to live and love openly in the world and not be marginalized or victimized for it. All the things the LGBTQ community has been fighting to achieve for so long. So that article was essentially about how within the community, bisexuals are essentially erased. And there was a movie that was released that was essentially about the community and some of the representation within it about the LGBTQ plus community. I didn't write it down because there were opposing views on it. I I didn't want to miscite anything, but I do highly recommend going and reading this article. I will link it in the show notes because I think it's extremely interesting because I was thinking about it and this kind of ties into the random area of this episode like what's the bi representation in media that you can think of I want Tyler to go first but I have one that's very recent and I'm super excited to share um there's I do know like bi representation doesn't happen a lot but in some cases that i've actually experienced it is in the video games that i play uh real fable fable is one of those because it just you know when you look up your stats for your character if you have been flirting with both men and women it pops up as bisexual which doesn't happen in very many games so happy i didn't even think of that and i was specifically gonna ask you video games yes yeah (laughs) <laughs> I don't even know this game, but that makes me so happy. I would play it specifically for that reason. You've never played no. Fable? Play Fable 2. It's the best one. <laughs> oh. Okay. So I was thinking of media examples of bisexuality. And to me, in fictional media, so like movies, television, video games, oftentimes media doesn't know how to do bisexuality and not sexualize it. I agree with that completely. So I think mm-hmm. of Black Swan. As an example. Can you say more things about that? Because I don't understand that example. So Natalie Portman's character is exploring her sexuality, has a scene with Mila Kunis, also has an imagination, like they're both imaginatory scenes with her teacher in the movie. And both scenes are extremely sexualized. Now, Black Swan is in fact a play about that exact nature, but... I can't think of of a movie or of any sort of representation, and maybe this is just my limited viewing, where bisexuality is presented and not sexualized, where it's just being attracted and being in a relationship and not turned into this like steamy makeout or sex session. I'm really going through my mind right now in all of the content of things that I've seen and every time... Even in the most, like, innocent things that I can think of, like, an example being Atypical. Shout out to Atypical, which is, like, one of the best shows that ever graced my television. It still gets sexual. Like, it it does. It's a very PG-13 show, and yet it does still get very sexual. But also, shout out to Mila Kunis, who is my number one hall pass for women. And I guess I should say in the mainstream media, because I do have one example that I guess I consider not super mainstream, because it's in, in extreme nerddom. 
So I'm just going to call out Captain Motherfucking Jack Harkness from Doctor Who, who is bisexual, and the only bisexual male that I can think of represented in mainstream media, fictional media. And he doesn't have facial hair, but he's pretty attractive. (laughs) He's not my type, but he's still my type. (laughs) On the flip side, some real celebrities that are bisexual that I think are going to kind of blow your minds because some of them have been labeled as gay and not bisexual. So Bowie was bi. I think we all knew that. Freddie Mercury was bisexual. Totally knew that. I think mm-hmm. he's often depicted as gay, though, and not Oh, no, bi. he definitely is often depicted as gay instead of bi. Mm-hmm. But Freddie Mercury was so bi, it's not even funny. He was deeply in love, in love with his female partner that ended up, like, they ended up not working out. But he was very appreciative of his male partner, And, I mean, he was very open about the fact that he didn't feel the same way about them, and yet he loved them both in different ways. Billy Joel Armstrong from Green Day, Lady Gaga, Anna Paquin, and Kate Brown, who was the first openly bi politician. She was the governor of Oregon, I believe. I'm sorry, isn't that a book about dragons? Not ever. (laughs) She said Oregon. Oregon. (laughs) (laughs) that's a state no dragons no dragons (laughs) no dragons okay it's fine may i share my uh celebrity out party moment so shout out to anybody who doesn't pay attention to the tabloids because i'm totally that person who literally gives zero fucks but i was scrolling through snapchat the other day and i saw a headline on snapchat for one of my subscribed snapchat stories or whatever that jojo siwa came out and i was like i would like to know what this says and for anybody who doesn't know who jojo siwa is because you don't have a seven-year-old girl jojo siwa is basically the hannah montana moment of this generation okay So she's a really fucking big deal. And honestly, Jojo Siwa is even bigger than Hannah Montana ever was when we were younger. And I can't even explain it. She is such an icon previous to this moment. Okay, like I really mean that. Her integrity, in my opinion, exploded to a whole different level because very recently Jojo Siwa came out on all of her social media platforms with this video about the fact that she came out to her family as bi and she legitimately just explained it i watched this portion of the video and she's speaking to her fans which again is a very young market and she's saying i always knew that i would find my person and if that person was a man cool if that person was a woman cool like i don't i don't care i don't have that predetermined route of my person must be a man and she was just like i love people i love people for exactly who they are i don't really have a preference and here i am telling you i'm bi as a mother of a child who does look to this idol and tiny doesn't even really get into jojo siwa she knows who she is she knows the name she knows the brand because if you go to any store right now you can find jojo siwa merchandise at target at walmart it doesn't matter she's huge tiny knows who she is and that by itself means so much to me that tiny has a name and a face that she would recognize and that she can then associate the sexuality with that person and how meaningful that is to her. But then I also think about the kids who are genuine fucking fans. Like, Kelly's daughter is a genuine fucking JoJo fan. 
and what that would mean to Kelly's daughter and other children like Kelly's daughter who are borderline obsessed in their small little children minds with their first celebrity and this is the celebrity they're looking at. I just think that is literally so beautiful and I found this yesterday so I'm so unbelievably glad that I watched that snap and that I was able to bring that into this conversation because it was so meaningful and important to me that that is in pop culture right now. Mm -hmm. So that was... All I had, you guys, ended with just some random stuff. Is is now the Q&A part? Yeah, I had questions. Good point. It's <laughs> what we do here. <laughs> I'm literally looking at my segment that says questions for Ty. And, and she's like, and I'm done. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, Leave, peasants. get out of my face. <laughs> so, Tyler, when did you first officially know that you were bi? I don't know why I said officially, because like... Because it was no longer a phase for you. <laughs> Yeah, it was no longer fate. Uh, <laughs> um, let's see. The first time I knew that I was attracted to both men and women was my sophomore year in high school. So I used to play soccer, and we were getting ready for a game, and it was both JV and varsity. I was on JV, and I was getting ready, putting on all my gear, and I was sitting on one of those benches that had that like overhang where it kind of looks like a bus stop. Mm-hmm. Trust me, that's important to this story. <laughs> and... One of the varsity members, Jeremy, he, you know, about 6'5", I want to say, really buff. Uh, He had red, short red hair, no facial hair, but a really sharp jaw, really nice. Jeremy, find us. Yeah, and he, yeah, (laughs) he, um, so I was sitting there getting ready, and he comes up, and he puts both of his arms, like, leaning up against the, like, overhang, and just, like, leaning, like, right in front of me. And he, I don't know if he was messing around or anything, but he just went, like, hey. <laughs> I'm like, hi. <laughs> He's like, how you doing? And I'm sitting there nervous as fuck. I don't know why I'm doing, like, the nervous giggling, but I'm, huh, I'm, I'm good. And he's like, why are you laughing? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Because in my mind, I was thinking, because I was getting bullied at this time, and I was thinking, like, oh my god, he's really hot, but I can't think that. That's not right, but oh my god. (laughs) So, yeah, it was uh, back when I was a sophomore in high school. (laughs) Which is still really young, like, just in the the spectrum of life, sophomore in high school is still so young. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're still going through a whole bunch of shit then. What was your experience, Allie? I, this sounds so stupid, you guys. (laughs) It's valid. I first realized that I was attracted to women when I realized that I was attracted to Christina Aguilera in (gasps) Beauty in a Bottle. More than just, uh, she's beautiful. Yes! Yes! Okay, except, except. Yes! Dirty. Dirty was my song. She's so much hotter and dirty than she is in Genie in a Bottle. But yes, girl. Yes. (laughs) So I didn't have any super like uh, revelation thing. I was literally like, she's really hot. What did I just think? Hmm. That's interesting. (laughs) Now I realize I like women. And here I am today. (laughs) (laughs) Allie being the logical one had a full light bulb moment where she's like no I'm bi (laughs) Celeste what was yours? That's so appropriate you being the logical fucking one 
Um, so mine's a little bit complicated. I, I'm, I'm not going to lie about this experience in any way. And, uh, I hope that the woman who was part of this story is, uh, okay with me sharing this story. She is going to remain anonymous, but she'll know exactly who she is. Um, oh, I got a little nervous. I got, I even got nervous. Uh, so my best friend when I was a kid, and when I say a kid, I really mean a kid. We used to practice kissing like like that's how we got good at kissing okay I mean and I think that's probably normal for a lot of people except I super enjoyed it and then I started kissing boys when I was like 12 and I super enjoyed that too and when I recognized how much I enjoyed kissing boys I I really genuinely like tucked away the thought that at any time in my life I enjoyed kissing a girl and I genuinely like lied to myself to the point of saying that was just experimenting. That was just practice. That was just my training wheels so that I could be what a partner is supposed to be as a woman to a man. Like genuinely, you guys, that's what I told myself. And it wasn't until this year, like like 2020, when I was really sitting with myself at one of the lowest points of my life, completely heartbroken by a man that I was so deeply in love with. It's not even funny. And I was just sitting here with myself and I, I hated how badly I had lied to myself about a b and c and i really was just like you know what fuck this i recognize that i am bi i recognize that all of these things that have happened in my life my experiences what i'm attracted to what i'm not attracted to stems from that place and i've been this way forever and i just truly lied to myself to the point where i convinced myself i was straight but i never was yep i hear you there also Christina Aguilera was my first concert, and I'm pretty sure at, like, seven years old, I was totally in love with her. Who was I mean, (laughs) probably no one. We probably, the whole world was in love with Christina Aguilera at that time. I'm a teeny and a bottle, baby. (laughs) We all wanted to rub her the right way. Yep. (laughs) Mila Jovovich from... Well, specifically her role as Alice in Resident Evil was definitely the first woman that I was oh. like, how do I find this woman and abduct oh. her? Oh. <laughs> not, not to be the creepiest person in the world, but I think that's when it was solidified for me that there's no going back. That's not even that creepy because we made like a game out of that for years about people we were going to kidnap and put in our basement. <laughs> For like celebrities, for me, it's Kate Beckinsale. Oh, shout out to Kate, Allie's future wife, but none of us know how to say her last name. So thank you for teaching us. We will have a goddamn battle royale over her, Tyler. (laughs) I don't even care. No, okay. We'll we'll swap seats. I'm sorry. It's fine. Uh, Yeah, swap seats. Cool. And then for men, it was, oh God, I'm trying to think of like who the like first it was probably orlando bloom but (laughs) not a bad choice no but okay hang on though orlando bloom legolas or orlando bloom pirates pirates for me it was legolas pirates is the right answer (laughs) i mean are we kinder spirits johnny depp has him beat out there for attractiveness but you said orlando bloom so specifically that's who we were talking about we weren't talking about hot pirates tyler we were talking about orlando i am into I am into elves. <laughs> Damn it. Yes, am I. Yeah. He is beautiful in that role. I feel like that's a whole other episode. Into fantasy I am attracted characters. to mythological creatures. Part one. 
orcs are pretty hot, but like D and D orcs. <laughs> wow, orcs! Oh my god, scary! Now I'm terrified. Um, we literally answered all my questions during the rest of the episode. I just read them, and I was like, actually, uh, we're. They are covered. So do you have any questions? Here's something I genuinely want to ask. And Allie, you obviously have a child, regardless of your status as a member of the bi community. I obviously have a child, regardless of my status of a member of the bi community. But Tyler, from your perspective... I want to hear from you and I want our listeners to hear your thoughts about identifying as bi. You're in a relationship with a beautiful woman and I'm not trying to get into anybody's personal or medical or anything, but truly, I think it's really important for people to hear us talk about the fact that members of the bi community can live perfectly normal lives, which include marriage, include children, include all of the other things that happen in a hetero relationship regardless of who you end up with in a sexual partner relationship. So here's me asking you as a bi man, how do you feel about kids? Like, do you want kids? Oh, yeah. 100. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's, <laughs> I've convinced Nikki to to have kids. Oh, I love that news. <laughs> yeah, she uh, she didn't want to because her shitty ex. We're not gonna get into that. But then I I kept like hinting. Oh my god, I saw this cute dad at the store today while I was working. Uh, this and she's just like, fuck, <laughs> fine, we'll have a kid. And I was like, yes. <laughs> you guys are gonna have little button mashers. Oh, oh. little button mashers and page turners. Yep. My heart. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I. Uh, yeah 100% I really appreciate you sharing that with us and also like I said with our listeners because I just I do I think that that's really important for people to hear that you're literally just a normal dude who Mm -hmm. is beautiful enough and and confident enough to be exactly who you are which is bisexual I think that's literally amazing yep Tyler do you have anything that you want to share with any listeners out there that are perhaps struggling with coming out, being bisexual, um, maybe even specifically those that are male presenting. I think, I don't know, I just think the fact that you're a bi guy is mm-hmm. honestly really important. And I, I just want to add to that. I want to I want to build on that question. Not only people who are struggling to come out, but maybe people who are struggling in identifying, especially male presenting people who are struggling to identify like, yes. I, this is what I am. I am by like that's my small asterisk to that question. I got a few things to say. Um, first being I I know it's rough and there will be times where there's ups and downs and people won't agree with you. There's a classic saying for, from the drag community: people are going to judge you no matter what, so you might as well be happy. Real. But for me, I was fortunate enough to have friends and family accept me even if it took a little bit longer accept me for who I am but yeah once you realize that the people who are criticizing you for your uh, sexuality and who you really are you can realize then who are your true friends and true family and there might even be people in your own family who don't agree and will chastise you for it family does not leave any obligation you can say fuck off and get them out of your life if they do not agree with who you are. Be who you are. Be happy if you are bisexual and are having trouble. Find that community that will support you. There's, I mean, (laughs) the alphabet mafia's got your back. (laughs) That's the new term for the LGBT. Alphabet mafia. (laughs) So, yeah, the alphabet mafia. So, uh, if, you know, if you're 
in school still if you're young, if you're going to college. There are plenty of LGBT plus uh, like clubs that you can join, and that's a community in which you can feel safe. Once you have that secure foundation of who you feel safe and secure with, then you can start coming out more and more. It, uh, it sucks when you're forced to come out like I was, and I mean, again, fortunate enough to have such a support system behind me when I did, and much later, like now, but yeah, it'll take time. It's rough, and uh, nobody can force you to come out when you're not ready. Come out when you yourself are ready. I love that. I think that's beautiful, and I think I think really one of the main points you said there is be true to you. Absolutely, one hundred percent. You don't need to fit in anybody's box. <laughs> yeah, I am. I am the perfect example of that. I am a bisexual cross-dressing man who loves D and D video games and NASCAR. <laughs> I am out there. I am myself. And everybody's like, what the fuck are you? I don't know. I'm, I'm Tyler. Happy. Hello, I'm here. <laughs> I'm Ty. <laughs> Fucking deal with it. <laughs> you know those like Venn diagrams where they overlap and some of the some of the circles overlap and there's normally yeah. one thing in the middle that makes sense? <laughs> All of those random ass <laughs> things are surrounding you and you're in the middle and everyone's like, these can't possibly make sense <laughs> these can't together. work but they and do here's tyler <laughs> yep. i just had one perspective that i wanted to add to tyler's super super important piece and this is something that i personally experienced in coming out and Allie, you were the first person you were my benchmark for sure without question but i was really thinking about this when i was considering coming out to you and everybody can go listen to our behind the bar episode where we talk about that if you haven't heard that's where i come out publicly but when i was in that place of like, do I come out to Allie? What what will happen? What will that be like? Something that I genuinely considered was coming out to a complete stranger. Someone who didn't know me, who didn't care, who wouldn't care because, or, or even if they did, I wouldn't care because I don't fucking know that person. I don't give a shit about that person. Just to say the words out loud because I personally can attest, and I don't know if you guys have this experience, and if you do, I'd love to hear it, but I can personally attest Once the words were out to one person, every person I told after that was easier and easier and easier. And I told you and I told Kelly before I told my mom and I thought my mom would be the hardest person. But because I had already told you two, the two safest people in my whole life, I didn't have any hesitation in telling my mom. And I I just want to extend that also. It doesn't really matter who you come out to, but just say it. Just say the words. Just get them off your chest. Get them out in the open because I promise it feels so much better. Make them real. Exactly. Make them real. Get it out there. Get it said and get some strength behind you in the power of those words. Yeah. Amen. So guys, what did you learn here today? I want Tyler to go first. Oh, God. Uh, I learned so much. (laughs) Um, I learned a lot about the history of bisexuality that I didn't know. I learned Freud is hot. As fuck. Uh, (laughs) And I just learned a lot about the community that I am a part of and, like, the true statistics and, you know, percentages behind bisexuality. Yeah, real. Allie, girl, what about you? You go first. Okay. Um... Honestly, I really learned so much here today and I genuinely like no bullshit, no filter, no funny. Honestly, this episode made me realize and learn a lot about myself and a lot about our relationship, like the three of us 
and also about the bi community, which I am honored to be a part of. I feel so proud and so blessed to be a part of. And really, the statistics are huge for me. I genuinely learned so much here. I know I already said that and I'm probably being repetitive, but I I just can't express it in any other way. I also learned that Sigmund Freud was hot as fuck, which as a Sigmund Freud fan, I didn't know. I mean, I knew he was a cheater. I knew he was a genius. I knew he was fucking psychotic, but I didn't know he was fine. So now I can add that to my personal knowledge of Sigmund. But I, I just think this whole experience was something that I truly learned from as a whole. And I really just can't even express mm-hmm. how much I appreciate the opportunity to say these things on a platform that other people can hear, people who need to hear them, and that you were able to join us, Ty, and to be such a strong male role model in this community. Like, I just, I just love you. And I learned that. I mean, I knew that, but I learned it that much more today. <laughs> Yes, 100%. Everything you said was super beautiful. I really like the nod to Ty because, Ty, I don't think you realize how important you are. Seriously. Just throwing that out there. It means a lot. (laughs) But not only to us as friends, like you are a genuinely important person to us as friends, but also important to this episode and important to the bi community because I genuinely cannot tell you that I know another man that is out and openly by. You're it for me. And that's not to say oh. that I don't have other men in my life who are out and openly by. I just don't know it because I'm not part yep. of the circle that they're open with. And that's okay. I don't need to be. Mm-hmm. But truly, out of the thousands of people that I know, for you to be my one and only bi guy, that's a big deal. And that means a lot to me. And I, I really hope that means as much to our listeners to have representation of men in the bi community. Agreed. And also because you're like a super yeah. hot bi guy. So that's also a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Well, uh, yeah, if anybody out there is listening and is struggling, if I can be the one person that you come to to, like, discuss it, my DMs are open. Like, that is not a problem for me. I will not judge you, you know? I will not be one of those assholes that's like, oh, you've only dated women? You're not but No, that's bullshit. <laughs> Allie, what did you learn? I think my favorite part that I learned was the whole bit about Freud. Not just that he was hot, but... <laughs> But also that he was hot, right? But also that he was hot. And also that I would totally ride that handlebar. (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) I had to reiterate that one more time. I did love learning his theory of everyone being bi because of having been the same sex in the womb at one point. I thought that was just super interesting. Absolutely fascinating. So Tyler, you offered for our listeners to be able to DM you, which I love. And obviously you guys... Allie and I have said in multiple episodes, we take that position too. We're here if you need us. But dearest darling Tyler, how can our listeners find you if they'd like to reach out to you specifically? Well, a few different places. I do run the page turners and button mashers uh, Instagram. I don't post a lot on it because I'm kind of shit at that, but... (laughs) I'm (laughs) Us also. (laughs) I'm always on Instagram, so or always on my phone, so if you pop a message to Instagram, I'll be like, oh, let's check that out. So that is Page and Buttons Podcast. That's uh, the Instagram. And also you can find me personally on Twitter because Nikki runs the, the podcast Twitter. You can find my Twitter at TyTurnMash. So yeah. Love it. You'll see me posting a lot about video games, some politics, and then 
random sports shit. <laughs> and hilarious memes. Yeah, I try. I try. <laughs> you you picked some really good ones. I'm glad. <laughs> I do have one random shout out for this week. All right. Let's hear it. I just want to give a shout out to Bex from <gasps> Potato Lady Reviews. Yes, Bex. Oh, love. Her podcast reviews are hilarious. And overall, she's just amazing. So I just wanted to give her a quick plug just because that was it. Go check her out. She is fantastic. I love her doodles. For anybody who doesn't know, her podcast reviews come with doodles. Like she doodles while she's listening. And they're fucking adorable and hilarious. And I love Bex and I have seen her talent. So I know that she's a very talented artist, but her doodles are so basic and they're so obtainable by like the average artist. And by average artist, I mean like me. So I so genuinely appreciate just how quickly she doodles her little reviews. Like it's just stupid fucking cute. If you want to get a hold of us, dear listeners, you can do that on our socials which are Taboos the Pod on Instagram and Twitter, which, as you just heard, Twitter is probably the best of those <laughs> options. And to be clear, Allie runs our podcast Twitter. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who came up with that idea, but for all of the lovely, lovely people who talk to me on our podcast Twitter, you're not talking to me. You're talking to the lovely Allie. It's fine. I still act like I'm you. I <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for it, too. You can reach out to us on Facebook, which is just taboos. Is it just taboos? It definitely is. I don't know why Facebook is the one you always struggle with. It's literally just our name. You see what I have to deal with? <laughs> I'm sorry. Huh? huh? <laughs> or you can email us at taboospodcast at gmail.com. Eventually, I'm going to have our new website up sometime in 2021 nobody will use it it's true but that'll still happen maybe they'll use it by 2022 i'll use it <laughs> yay one person will use it and we have it in recording oh so shit we can i have to that. use it now fuck <laughs> we can hold you to that yes, yes. <laughs> as always best way to help keep this thing going and support us is to share us with a friend a family member if there's an episode that resonates with you send it to them see what they think if you think they could relate send it their way i like when i double say the same thing all the things multiple times all, all the things were said but to echo that in a more articulate manner with less repetitive words yes share uh, share our shit for real like we have episodes covering all kinds of topics because we recognize that there are all kinds of fucking people out there that don't have representation anywhere else. We do that. That's our philosophy with every episode. And I mean, we're not reinventing the wheel. We're not saying that we came up with these concepts, but we are debunking them. We are exposing the truth. We are just having real and honest conversations. And if you know somebody who needs to hear or to have a real and honest conversation, that's what we're here for. That's what our episodes are for. Reach out to us or listen listen share us rate us praise us to your friends it does like we don't care we're here for all of it but more importantly we're here for you and if you happen to want to hear some of the extra ridiculousness that is this podcast we do have a patreon available it's in the show notes there's some extra rewards in there just take a look at the tiers they are super fun and yeah guys we appreciate you and love you we do it's true tyler we appreciate and love you the mostest Aww. Thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah, for real. Thanks for having me on. It was great. <laughs> this was ridiculously fun. It was a great time. <laughs> As always, dear listeners, do, do you, you be taboos.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 